It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, March 28th. LA Galaxy uh, getting ready to wrap up March, getting looking forward to this April uh, game coming up this weekend against the Portland Timbers on Sunday. Still uh, missing some internationals who are away. So this show is really going to be about some internationals. Um, it's going to be about sort of starting to get you ready for some of the things that are going to be happening during the week that will get us ready for that game uh, on Sunday. And, of course, we're going to have a Thursday night show to get you ready for the game for sure. So a bunch of little things we're going to throw in there, a bunch of uh, a little tidbits. And we have we have a traveling panda again, which is always nice. Uh, he's back. Uh, I guess he's not back, but he's at least uh, somewhere somewhere not not too far away. Uh, in Costa Rica, it's uh, Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? I'm in a place with internet access, is what you mean to say. And, and you said the Galaxy are going to wrap up March. They have wrapped up March. They are going to finish March with a one and two record. That is not going to change between now and the end of March. And by the way, welcome into my Costa Rican hotel room. You see this beautiful hotel room here. Yes. We are in Costa Rica. We're going to, I know we're supposed to talk about the Galaxy, but we're going to talk about the U.S. national team for a minute so I can write this off on my taxes. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, they they're, they're going to go in the game Wednesday against Costa Rica. They they are in second place in the standings. They can possibly potentially mathematically be passed by both Mexico and Costa Rica. If that happens, they go to a playoff. They need to finish in the top three. Realistically, they're not going to be passed by either. Costa Rica would have to beat the U.S. by six goals right. to do that. Um, the U.S. has not lost the game by by six goals since 1979. They lost to France six to nothing. Uh, yes, they have never won a game in Costa Rica. They have only gotten one point in qualifying in Costa Rica, and that was 1985. This is a tough place for them to play. But I don't think they're going to lose six to nothing. However, there's a casino downstairs at this hotel. I am not going to go down and put a bet on that. And you know why? Because this is CONCACAF. Right. And if you remember, it, 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 the, the similarities are kind of eerie to me in that um, in the last cycle, the U.S., had to beat Panama in Orlando in Exploria, Exploria Stadium. Right. And they did. They beat them by four goals in the penultimate qualifier. Right. And that basically locked up a spot. This year, they beat Panama in the same stadium by four goals right. in the penultimate qualifier and basically locked up a spot. What happened last cycle in 2017? They went down to the Trinidad, a game they should have won. All they needed was a draw. They lost the game. Mexico lost to Honduras on an own goal. 
that was and actually probably either. was was either hidden by a hand or something like that. If I remember, it was not a good goal. And if there was VAR, it probably would have been overturned then. But yes, continue. No, no, you're thinking of the other game. The oh. Panama game was that that was the phantom goal. That ball has still not crossed the goal line. Right. Panama needed that. So you had to have Honduras beat Mexico, which they did on a known goal. You had to have Panama win, which they did on a phantom goal. Uh -huh. And you had to have the U.S. lose. All those things happened. So this is CONCACAF. I think the U.S. will win. Or, well, I think the U.S. will qualify. I think they will not lose by six goals. But it's CONCACAF. You, you're, so you're, all bets are off. The fact that you're even sitting here trying to drum up any drama whatsoever about this game in Costa Rica and try to equate it to the TNT game shows, I think, in my personal opinion, some real desperation. The fact that you flew all the way to Costa Rica trying to make people think that this is a game that they, you don't have to pay any attention to this game. Go on with your life. Well, no, you don't have to worry. There about are it. a couple of interesting things about it. One is Costa Rica has a shot because Giancarlo Gonzalez is not on the team. Yeah, no people so, Gonzalez. Correct. Yes. I, I heard. I, is he going to take you out to lunch while you're there? That you should make him pay if that's if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going out. We're going out to lunch. No, that will slip through his legs and into the net. Um, there's there's two theories that have developed among among the people who are following this down here uh, of how Costa Rica reports this game. One is they may go out and they may actually try to play. You know, if you think about they have to win by six goals, mm -hmm. that's impossible. But if you think about a goal every 15 minutes, mm -hmm. that sounds doable, right? If no. you get a goal every 15 minutes, that's six. No. It sounds doable. No. I'm wondering if Costa Rica comes out and plays hard from the start to see what happens, see if they can – develop something and then if that doesn't happen then they bag it and they they bring their second team on another theory is no they are going to finish fourth no matter what even if you know they're not going to pass the u.s they're probably not going to catch mexico mexico's at home to el salvador in azteca um there's a goal oh. differential there as well so and, and costa rica has a couple of players on yellow cards a couple so, a couple there's nine players on yellow cards if i remember correctly so, so just a, just a handful almost most of their team is on a yellow card yeah and they're 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 their they're first choice team so they may just start a second a second choice right. lineup not risk the the yellow the red cards because those red cards will carry over into the con into the fifa playoff game in june in cutter Against either, get this, yes, New Zealand or right. the Solomon Islands. I, I've heard, I've heard people are heavy betters on New Zealand to be that team, but um, yeah, that's listen. I mean, all of it has been super interesting. I think that if you look across CONCACAF and, and sort of the, the results that happened on not just go, go back, right? And obviously, uh, you know, focused a little around Julian Araujo um, is, is, is fun to sort of do there. But if you look at Mexico and the 0-0 draw that the U.S. got there, uh, Araujo uh, was, I think, dressed for that game but did not play. Um, and Araujo Just from the U.S. game, his parents came down, too. And they were very excited because if you remember, he had played in the previous qualifiers and it played very well. Yeah. And it, it looked like he was going to get a shot to play. Yeah. And, and so that didn't happen. He hasn't, he didn't dress for the second game that they had um, in there. That so was the one in Honduras. Now, on now I think this happened last time in the cycle that he played in the last, you know, in the last like two games or in the last game for sure, whenever there were tired legs and they were sort of bringing them. So there's still a chance that he plays coming up on Wednesday when everybody kicks off at the same time, final game of the, uh, of the round Robin there. Um, and so there's a chance he'll play there. But having said that, uh, so far, it's been zero minutes for, for Julian Araujo uh, for Mexico. And Mexico has not exactly... Listen, Mexico is going to qualify. I think they're going to qualify relatively comfortably. We'll see if the U.S. keeps that second place sort of finish where they're at. Mexico finishes third. Costa Rica finishes fourth. I think if you're looking at the, the best teams in CONCACAF right now, 
I mean, there's probably a coin flip that you can make at least at this very moment, whether or not Mexico and Costa Rica are, are, are neck and neck. But the U.S. has been clearly better than Mexico throughout this qualifying tournament um, that they've been playing in. I think Canada started out really strong. And then, you know, hey, guess what? CONCACAF happens. You get red cards and little things happen. And all of a sudden, you know, the perfect unblemished record falls away. And, you know, there was a little panic there. So um, remember, they haven't had Alfonso Davies all of this calendar year. Absolutely I true. Mean, that- that's that's a big part of that team. Yep. And so, you know, I think Canada's good. You know, the U.S. team, the amazing thing about the U.S. team, and I've talked to, to, to some people about this, some pretty high-ranking soccer officials, why I don't want me to use their names, but as good as this team is, more than three dozen players have got caps in World Cup qualifying, 27 players, their first caps ever in World Cup qualifying. This team is not built for Qatar. This team was, was supposed to qualify, right. and I think it'll do well. This Ladies and gentlemen, is your 2026 U.S. national soccer team, which right. will play in the World Cup at home. I I, I mentioned this in, a, in an earlier interview I did with somebody, and I said, don't laugh. And, of course, I said this, and they laughed. You know what? Canada, the U.S., 2026 World Cup final? It's not, it's not Why a not? stretch. Why not? It's, 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 less of a, it's, it's, it's less of a stretch than it was before this tournament, for sure. I think Canada has definitely surprised a lot of people in the way that they played. And, and I think that's that's just an interesting take all, you know, overall. Uh, Raheem Edwards, I believe, is on the extended Canadian uh, roster as well. So we're, we're tying into to some some galaxy um, stuff there as well. So I don't think that's ridiculous. It's just it's just the only reason that it's not ridiculous is because it's less ridiculous than it was like, you know, six months ago. Right. Yeah. It, it, realistically, they're probably not going to make it. But final eight. Yeah. 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 If someone gave me that bet, I'd take that one. Canada and U.S. in the final eight. You know, I think these are the teams are really coming along. Mexico's falling apart. And I begin, you know, we talked earlier today whether or not Julian Araujo is still feeling good about his decision. When he made it, eh, you know, you could go either way. But now when you look at the U.S. team is ascending, the Mexican team is falling apart rapidly. I do believe they will have a coaching change between now and the World Cup. Um, they are not playing well. They they are they they're not scoring. We'll talk about a possible solution to that in a minute. But Julian Araujo, when he made the decision, it looked like well, you know, there's some guys ahead of him. They're a little older. Maybe he has a chance to develop. The Mexican team has been good. The U.S. team is is like I said, ascending. The U.S. team is going to be better than Mexico, I think, for the the short term future at least. And when you look at the outside backs, DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, Serginho Detz, you know, Shaq Moore, Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson, actually, Jedi, is playing pretty well right now. But, man, if I'm Julian Araujo, I sure like my chances playing on that team, the U.S. team, and playing a lot of minutes and really developing into a a top-level international player. I think that would have happened with this U.S. team quicker and easier and better than it might happen with Mexico. If it even happens now, it's it's right. clear he's not getting the chance. Tato Martino doesn't seem to like young players. It, I, maybe it, maybe it's one of his things, especially for Mexico. He also seems pretty stubborn in the, in the fact. I mean, that's where we wanted to go. Let me go over the uh, the LA Galaxy players who are currently on international duty. We talked about Julian Araujo uh, has zero minutes through the first two games. Dressed for one, did not dress for the other one. Uh, I think Leardam had 90 minutes uh, w- with his Suriname uh, apparent appearance versus Thailand. Thailand won that one nothing. So I think he has 90 minutes and he may get some more time. And we may be a little uh, little late on uh, on picking up exactly uh, his second game if he had any second games in there. Um, you had Eric Zavaleta who played uh, 90 minutes in the first game, scored a goal for El Salvador, and then uh, played another 45 minutes in the second half <laughs> in their and second game. May, may go head to head with Julian Araujo on Wednesday. 
There you go. Teammates going team, teammates going uh, head to head there. So uh, and then you have uh, Jalen Neal is uh, in and Jonathan Perez are down with, I believe, the U.S. men's uh, or U.S. men's national team, U-20 team. Um, so they're on the U-20 side of things as well. Uh, excuse me, Jonathan Perez on the Mexico U-20 side. Um, and so, um, you know, those are your those are your guys who are away from the uh, the training today. I, I will point out as we as we sort of go into this and we want to talk about Chicharito. We want to talk about Julian Araujo. And I think, you know, you started to point a little bit at Julian. Well, yeah, go ahead. Let me interrupt one question. What happened to the Galaxy player on the U on the U.S. national team, the U.S. senior national team? Oh, oh there isn't one. For the first time in franchise history, there's is it, not a Galaxy player on the men's U.S. national team. Is is it really in history? There hasn't been one. There hasn't been an. I mean, you could say there's a there's a former one, right? In Sasha Kleshin, right? You could you could point to that. Are there are there? I'm sure there might be some other former ones. If I'm trying to think of of some of them ones off the top of my head, but uh, Sasha Kleshin is there. But you're right. There's no active and and forever. Uh, I have not been able to uh, to enjoy just watching a U.S. men's national team game because I was usually waiting for a Galaxy player to come on and, and to track that and to trace that, do all that stuff. And it's been enjoyable to just watch games, quite honestly, for, for me. So I enjoyed watching last Thursday, which is why we didn't have a show. And I enjoyed watching on Sunday as I was... I was getting on my plane. So let me tell you about my story, Kevin. This is this is a, this is a fun one. So I was in Colorado over the weekend, uh, visiting my oldest, and we played 108 holes of uh, a mini golf. So it was a. And by the way, uh, Grayson's choice, not not my choice. That was that was what uh, Grayson wanted to do. So um, did that whole thing, 108 holes. So I'm coming home, uh, and I I'm watching the the game on my phone, right, which is great, and I've got my fist in the air was as the U.S. quickly, uh, you know, sort of takes apart Panama. Uh, in, in fairly rapid succession. It's 4 nothing at halftime, so I'm like, sweet, because I have to get on my plane, do the whole thing. So I get on my plane. We end up being delayed a little bit, so I got to finish the game on my phone. I'm like, perfect, no problems. But it kind of distracted me before I got on the plane. And usually, Kevin, I like to hit the restroom before I, I get on the plane, right? This is standard. Oh, TMI. Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you want to empty everything before you go, you know, into the wild blue yonder. Um, and so you're like, okay, that's a good thing. Well, I was watching the game, so I forgot. And so I just got in line the whole deal. So I've been drinking water the whole deal. Well, I like to sit at the window too. So now this complicates things if I want to get up in the middle. So I'm sitting there going, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to be fine. I got 45 minutes left on this flight. It's fine. I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to go. I'm good. I'm good. And then about five minutes later, I'm like, nope, nope, not going to wait. Got to go now. The whole deal. So I tap the guy next to me and he taps the lady who's on the thing. And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I go, I got to go. And they're like, yeah, no problem. So I get up to go use the restroom. Kevin, I really had to go at this point, right? Like there was, there was some pressure on me. I was like, okay, this is need to go now. Not a problem. It was open. I figured not a problem. Home run, get in, get out. Happy days. Uh, I have I I like belts that have ratchets on them. Have you, you know the ratcheting belts? They basically like you you pull them and they go click 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 and so they lock in, right? And so in order to unlock them, you hit a little button on it and it unlocks the the belt. So I'm in the bathroom having to go very urgently now because I've waited way too long, right? This is emergency situation. Uh, and I go to unlock my belt and the button had fallen off. There was no button on my belt. It had fallen off. So I am now trapped in my shorts. Um, and I am freaking out because I was already in the need to get there quickly, need to do whatever I need to do quickly. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I am trapped in my shorts on an airplane. I already waited way too long. This is going to be a disaster. This is my nightmare. And I've had this nightmare, an actual nightmare dreams of my belt, like being stuck in my belt before. Right. And so the whole deal now. I was able to work things out for the time being. Okay. So got ever got my business taken care of, sat back down, 
wiped a little sweat off my brow, relaxed for the rest of the flight. I came home and I told my wife the story and she's like cracking up. And I'm like, no, you're gonna have to cut this belt off me. So whenever I got home last night, my wife had to take scissors and cut the belt off me because the ratchet system had broken and I was locked in my belt and I couldn't get my shorts off. That is something, yeah. Just next time, just pull the shorts off and go back to your seat in your underwear and just tell everybody you're European. I, w- I would love to say that I could could have pulled my shorts off, Kevin, but they were locked to my hips with the belt. There was no being able to. I could not get my my shorts off. I like I said, there was no. Some, the real reason is you you were you went on the plane commando, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's it. No, if by the way, that would have made it easier. Uh, not not more difficult, but anyway, it was uh, it was not that was that was my fun little story. So anyway, I was watching the whole thing, and you know, I was watching the game, got distracted, um, and and almost ended up peeing my pants on a flight. So there, if if, if uh, by the way, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the ratcheting belts, Kevin. I think people should use them, but I also think that maybe you should inspect them before you put them on and make sure that everything is functioning correctly. Um, lest you be trapped in your in your pants, which which apparently you were also happen. on Southwest. I was. I was. I always yes. fly Southwest. Yes. So, I mean, what does that have to? Is is the, did they break my belt? I, I don't. No, they just probably they, they don't apparently have good belt repair service on the flights. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh that's that's where we're at. So that's where we were. Uh, that's that's where I was, and that's uh, watching the whole thing. Now back to Julian Araujo. You you talked about it a little bit, and you know, there's there's some issues certainly for the Mexican national team. Their offense has been struggling. I think much like the LA Galaxy's offense, quite honestly, has been struggling. Um, they have some guys who should be producing that aren't producing. And for whatever reason, Tata Martino's uh, philosophy and all this doesn't seem to be adding up to goals. Now um, there's two things I think he can do to, to help himself out here. Uh, the number one thing is play Julian Araujo a little bit more. Uh, he is certainly an offensive creator uh, in, in the terms of the, the new style wingers and the new style, uh, you know, outside backs that are, that are filling football where he will get forward. He has speed. He has the ability to cross in, uh, places and they do have some finishers on this Mexican national team. They can they can finish. So, um, you know, one of the things he can do is, is Julian Rajo. The the big deal here is that Julian Rajo has started off very poorly through the first four games for the LA Galaxy, and I wonder how much of that is sort of um, you know making decisions about him more difficult for Tata or whether or not he's not paying any attention to that. And perhaps Julian just isn't showing in training with, with Mexican or with Mexico, or as you said, um, you know, is it Tata Martino's, you know, sort of prerogative that he's not going to play young players and that he, he doesn't think that this is the place for Julian Araujo to sort of show himself right now. Um, you well, know, he doesn't seem to like to play young players. I mean, he inherited Edson Alvarez who scored the only goal in Honduras. He inherited Chucky Lozano. Chucky Lozano is a world-class player. He'd play, for any national team, just about, um, you know, Diego Yanez was not getting a, a chance to play much. Um, and the thing with Tata Martino, you know, if you look at um, Mexico in this in this uh, World Cup qualifier, they've scored multiple goals just four times in, in their first 13 games in qualifying. Um, you know, that's you know multiple goals. That's more than one. Uh, they've, they've done that just four times. Um, and. And with, the other thing with Mexico is, yeah, they're going to qualify, as you mentioned. It would be almost impossible for them not to qualify. And at the worst-case scenarios, if everything just fell apart, they'd still go to the to the playoff game, and they'd beat probably the Solomon Islands or New Zealand. So they're going to be in the World Cup. That doesn't matter to Mexico. Mexico's all about the fifth game. They need to get to the round of 16 and then win that round of 16 game. And so when Mexico, when the Mexican Football Federation looks at this, I, they're not going to make a change between now and Sunday. They did send, you know, Tata Martino did not go to Honduras. It was an assistant coach that went. And, and the story is that he had retinal 
surgery, uh, I think a retinal detachment surgery, and his doctors told him not to fly, so he didn't fly. So his, his top assistant coached the team. Yeah, okay, whatever. He'll, he'll coach the team Sunday whether or not that, or Wednesday, whether or not that's his last game, we'll see. But there's a seven-and-a-half-month gap between the end of qualifying and the World Cup. And if you're the Mexican Football Federation, do you look at Tata Martino and say, this is the guy who's going to get us to the fifth game? I don't think so. Not the way that they're playing right now. You know, they, they only lost one of their first 22 games under Tata Martino. They, they've only won 14 of the last 28. So things have really turned around for Mexico. Um does Junior Rajo solve those problems? No, but there does that. This team is getting very old. Uh, you know, some guys like Yuri Antuna have come up, a few young guys, but for the most part, I mean, he's got Memo Ochoa in goal at 38. Um, you know, that there, there needs to be some changes, and I just don't think Tata Martino is invested in those changes. Um, Joyner Rajo would be a guy that would benefit from that. So, would for that matter, David Ochoa and some other U.S. young, young U.S. players. Here's the big problem, and certainly from Galaxy fans, and there's a reason that we bring this up, is that when you look at Julian Rajo and sort of the start that he's had, playing some time with Mexico and getting into a World Cup qualifier and, you know, being a force within that that Mexican national team could do a lot to sort of setting himself right. All right. There's a lot of pressure on him. He knows that Uh, he goes and he plays in a World Cup qualifier. And all of a sudden now he has that momentum and he's now ready to sort of take that and, and do something with it for the LA Galaxy. The problem here becomes that he wasn't playing well at the LA Galaxy. He goes away for camp for this for this week. Um, he goes to the World Cup qualifiers. He does some of the traveling. He does the you know he does all the traveling. He does all the things that are supposed to do, and he probably does the training and things like that. But it's not the same as what's happening here back with the LA Galaxy and 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 sort of working out things today. So. He's not getting the minutes and not getting the experience with World Cup qualifier, and he's away from the LA Galaxy when really he's one of the keys that needs to be back with the LA Galaxy working. So right now for him, these are lose-lose situations for him. Um, You know, yeah, I'm sure he could use a little bit of rest, but more than anything, Julian Araujo needs game minutes right now um, or or some intense training time, and he's not going to get either with Mexico. Um, And It's a double-edged sword. I mean... If he plays for Mexico, Mexican national team, regardless of the way they're playing right now, it's still the Mexican national team. It's one of the best national teams in the world. If he's going out and playing a lot of minutes, he's going to come back with a swagger, I think. How can you avoid that? How can you avoid being his age, playing for the Mexican national team in a World Cup qualifier, qualifying your, you know, helping qualify the country for a World Cup? Man, you got to be just flying when you come back and t- full of confidence. Conversely, if you don't even dress and you don't make the trip to Honduras, You've got to think like, what did I do wrong? What and you start second guessing yourself. I mean, I that would be something that would probably plague veterans, much less a young player like this. So you know, when you talk about all the whether he's getting game minutes and our whether you know when he goes away to Mexico, there's the wear and tear and the fatigue and it hurts the galaxy. But if he's playing, I think it helps the galaxy. If he's not, I think it hurts the galaxy more from a mental standpoint than perhaps anything physically. Yeah, I, I agree. And I and this is why, it, you know, it becomes a problem. It's it's always an issue whenever some of your star players go away and don't get minutes. And sometimes it's like, oh, you want them to rest. Well, four games in the season is not a time when you need Julian Araujo to rest. You need him to play. And, you know, while I would expect that the Galaxy would like it better if he didn't play, you know, um, 180 minutes or uh, or 270 minutes in a window, um, you know, he he's young enough to be able to handle, you know, 180 minutes across three games um, and be able to do some of that. So, 
you know, they're they're not getting what they need out of them, and this sort of opens up some things. Now, you would say, oh, this puts Leardam in a position to sort of, you know, set himself right with and, and get back in and get some actual appearances with the Elegaus because he hasn't appeared once yet um, this season. And you always expected Araujo to start, um, and there was that whole preseason thing where we were sitting there saying, when is Araujo going to start? Because Leardam kept getting all the starting minutes. But now Leardam is off with Suriname as well, so when they come back, it's going to be the same situation. So did the Galaxy get better at any point over this this break at one of the positions that has been faltering the most on the right back. Um, and he has a tremendous amount of pressure on him. Uh, Julian Araujo does. And so, you know, it's 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 something to watch and monitor as it goes. Now, we can we can flip this and say Tata Martino has another uh, thing that he could do to help himself. And quite honestly, would help the L.A. Galaxy. I guarantee it would help the L.A. Galaxy. And that's get Chicharito on his team. Uh, Javier Hernandez onto the Mexican national team again. Um, you know, Javier Hernandez has and Chicha has said that he would gladly go back if they call him and they continue to not call him. And there's certainly a lot of politics at play. And there was a there was an altercation a while ago, apparently. I, I think was it a party? Kevin was was. Yeah, I actually asked a lot of people when I was down in Mexico about this when I was down there, not, not this last trip, but down there in November, I asked them about that. Because Chicharito was in form last season. I mean, yes, he had the injury problems, but he was scoring, you know, almost a goal a game. And Mexico's not scoring any goals in any games. And so it makes sense that you would take the guy, Chicharito, who is the all-time leading scorer in Mexican national team history. You know, he has 40, uh, 52 goals in 109 games. Um, he hasn't played or hasn't even been called into camp for the Mexican national team since the fall of 2019. Yep. Apparently, after a game at the Meadowlands, there was a party that's not a big deal. The Mexican team is pretty famous for having parties and a lot of players, including Carlos Vela have, you know, run into problems with the Federation and been sanctioned for parties that got out of control. This is not an unusual thing. And most of those players, you know, have whatever done their sentence and they've come back. Chicharito is the one that isn't. And I asked some people when I was down there, I said, what's the deal? You guys aren't scoring Chicharito's in form. Yes. He's a little older, um, you know, they did call him in. He was on the pre-selection roster for, for last year's Gold Cup, never got called into camp. Uh, he is 33, going to be 34 in June. You know, why, why didn't you guys call him in? They said Javier Hernandez will never be called in again because of what happened in that party. And, and I don't know what happened in that party. But, you know, I know what happened in other Mexican national team parties. And this, if, in fact, they've, they've drawn the line here, it must have been pretty serious because – and. You know, the Chicharito that we've known since he's been here um, doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do something. Yes, he, he goes out and has fun. I get that. But, you know, for it to be that bad, it, it just doesn't make any sense, especially when, you know, they have they, they have Chucky Lozano now and and uh, uh, they have Jesus Corona. Raul Jimenez has not really been the same since he came back after the head injury. Um, they're missing a lot of their top flight strikers. Um Chicharito fitting in there. He plays so well with, with Chucky Lozano. It, it would it just seems to me to be a no-brainer. Carlos Vela is not coming back if they even thought about that, and they probably haven't. Um, but Chicharito is a guy who's in form. He's close. He wants to play. He's motivated. He keeps himself in shape. I think he's a good leader. I think he's proven that with the Galaxy. The fact that they haven't called him in um, may be good for the Galaxy. I think Chicharito's a little hurt by it, but I think Tata Martino is hurt by it as well. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, uh, cutting their nose off to spite their face, right? It's one of those. It just, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Now, I, I will say this. 
that uh, John does bring up a, a good point that, it, you know, if you put more pressure on, on Chicharito, more games on his body, that that is a recipe for injury. But there also seems to be a motivation factor. And I think that if you listen, I think Chicharito is one of the most motivated players on this team. I don't think he needs the Mexican national team, but I would imagine that there would be an extra gear that he could hit if he knew he was playing for a chance to get back onto the Mexican national team. And it, it does nobody any good. Uh, sporting careers are way too short to to leave these players out. It's like, you know, when Zlatan didn't play for Sweden for so long, that did nobody any good. All right. That was not it wasn't good for Zlatan. It wasn't good for Sweden. It, that didn't help anybody out. Right. It was stupid. And in retrospect, everybody will look at it and say that was stupid. And a lot of that was Zlatan saying he was never coming back. Right. But there also could have been ways to mend fences there. And men, they decided they weren't going to mend fences. A lot of this comes down to politics. A lot of it comes down to personalities. Um, and, and I get that. Having said that, forgive and forget. Uh, Chicharito is, is one of the top goal scorers, you know, um, certainly in CONCACAF, uh, whenever you put him up against, uh, uh, you know, some of the others in World Cup qualifying. Um, and he could, add, he could add goals. And I really think that that would only motivate him more um, to... To, to play with the Galaxy. Marvin, by the way, was saying that, you know, Chicha, he, he does Twitch streaming whenever the games are on, when the Mexico games are on. So he's like, you know, doing streaming and talking about the game and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And, and Marvin says that's more entertaining than watching the Mexican national team play sometimes. Well, when you look at it again, I'm a big proponent of the whole mental thing. That, you know, you look at the statistics and how a team plays, but a lot of the important stuff happens in the dressing room, in the practices when the guys are together. And so I'm a big proponent of the mental game. So I look at this and say, look, First of all, Mexico needs help. You know, they should go wherever they can to get help. They should see if Zlatan has some parents who might have visited Mexico once, you know, then, and they could sign him up. They should go wherever they can to get help. Chicharito is there. What does it hurt them to bring him into camp? If they say, look, you, you really are too slow. You really are too old. You really can't help us. Fine. They haven't done that yet. They, they have no idea what, what Chicharito could bring them. For Chicharito, hey, if he comes in, and helps them go far in the World Cup or perform well before the World Cup or whatever it is, he's kind of reestablished himself. You know, he and, and and you'll see that sort of extra skip in his step. If he does, you know, and, and if he saves the Mexican team, it's like I saved the Mexican team. If he doesn't, hey, it was beyond saving. It's too late. I mean, the, um, yeah. it's, it's sort of a win-win. You know, if Martino doesn't do it, what's he going to do? Play a four-five-one with Diego, uh, with you know, Chucky Lozano up front by himself? He yeah. didn't have anybody else right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole thing is like you could even, you know, if you're worried about his age, if you're worried about the minutes on him for, for Tata's side, if he's worried about that, which isn't even in the consideration because they're not even considering calling him in. So this isn't even a discussion that they're having. But if they were, can you imagine bringing Chicha on with the last 20, 30 minutes of a game when you need a goal? Just have him be that. He's your sub. You know he's coming off. Imagine in a World Cup, the World Cup coming up this winter, that you could bring Chicharito in. With 20 or 30 minutes or maybe even 45 minutes, if you needed to score more than one goal, you could bring him off the bench and you could still save his legs and save and do all the things you need to do. How is that not a benefit to Mexico? And quite honestly, um, it feels like malpractice not to do it. Um, well, you, you, you um, surprisingly for a rare moment, make a very good point about bringing on a veteran guy. That's what Alan Gordon did when Alan Gordon couldn't play. He was a smart player. He was a veteran player. He knows how to get in the right position. He knows how the game has developed. He's watched on the bench for 70 minutes. He's a guy that's going to get in the right position. That's why Jurgen Klinsmann made a huge mistake by not taking Landon Donovan was, to Brazil. I was going to say that. Was, I that would was rather my have example. Landon Donovan in that Belgium game than Chris Wondolowski. Wondolowski. Yep. 
Um, you know, and and Chicharito, you're, you're right. It hey, he's put it, make him the 23rd guy on the roster. Make him the last guy on the roster. Fine. Don't play him except when you're trailing in the last 15 minutes. And you know what? I'm I'm guessing he's going to get in the position to maybe make a difference in that game if you do that. Yeah, I mean it's a no-brainer, and that's what that's what that's why I think it's it's crazy that it doesn't happen. Listen, I mean you know ultimately for the LA Galaxy, I feel like Chicharito is, is more than motivated. He's one of the most motivated players on this LA Galaxy team. So, but I I do I feel like there would be just a little something extra for him if he knew he had a chance back at men's at the Mexican national team again um, and playing for El Tri. I just I think that there's something there's something that's sort of missing and. I, 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 we know that he gets asked a lot about the Mexican national team by the Spanish speaking press. Uh, we usually leave it alone just because it's not my, I don't, I, I, it's not really a big deal for me to talk about Mexico. That's not who I cover. I cover the LA Galaxy. So I'm going to ask him LA Galaxy. But I do want to ask him, you know, if it sort of hurts his heart that he doesn't even have the chance to do it. And I imagine he's going to say no, you know, no, but the whole thing, but I, I have to imagine he's lying. I imagine that it's a huge scar internally for him that he can't help make a difference with the Mexican national team. That's, that's how well, I, if he's, if he's watching all their games and commenting on them in real time, there's your answer. But again, going back to the, you know, I'm back, I'm Chicharito, I'm back. We all saw the YouTube video when he left Europe, how he cried and, and, and the, the, you know, was dealing with the fact that my career is over. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving Europe. He really felt that. He felt like going to MLS was a big step down and that his career was over. We can debate that. That's not the important part. The important part is if he got back with the Mexican national team and played in the World Cup or even an important game, you know, that whole thing of my career is over. It's not like, no, this is just a different chapter. I'm still the same guy. I'm back. It means it means something to him. I, I know it means something to him. I, I just I feel it in my bones just being around him so much that it means something to him. And I think it hurts that he's not being called up uh, and that he's not doing that. So um, just really, uh, you know, I, I don't expect anything to change. I don't think Chicharito is going to be suddenly called into the Mexican national team unless Tata Martino gets fired and everybody says, well, why? Unless they get anybody in there with some common sense and says, what do you mean we can't call him? up? No, we're calling him. We're, we're, I'm going to call him on the phone right now. He'll be here. You know, that type of thing. Uh, and and so I would imagine that eventually um, that maybe he gets a chance. But, uh, you know, I don't expect that. It's it's just it's it, awesome. I mean, it's just like it hurts me when you call up Sophie or Eric when I'm not available. Well, the, I'm like... I can be replaced. I, I would like to say there is actually uh, there. People were suggesting that the only reason that you're in Costa Rica right now is because um, you're there for the World Cup qualifier um, and that you're tracking that down. That's actually not true. Uh, the Academy of Motion Arts and Pictures separated us because they know I would like to slap Kevin. <laughs> Um, That's right. In fact, most people would like to slap Kevin, which is why we keep him as far away from uh, most of us uh, as as possible. So, yeah, good. To, that's good. Not, that's why I never you never see me walking around um, Dignity Hill Sports Park like like uh, Larry not on Twitter Morgan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a well known fact. So um, anyway, we wanted to talk I about. I might not even exist, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, you know the, the way that your computer it's a works. Hologram. I'm a hologram. The way that your computer works, I sometimes think that you're a hologram. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, no, it was uh, it, it's uh, it's an interesting. Interesting little thing. Uh, Julian Araujo, we'll see if he gets any time in the in the Wednesday game. Uh, that's one to watch. And then Eric Zavaleta, um, keep an eye on him. him. I think Leardam is in a two uh, two window. So I think maybe he plays on Monday or Tuesday um, if they, they have another game uh, with Suriname. Um, I don't know that off the top of my head because I didn't look at the schedule to sort of see where it was. So um, just the game, the game down here, Costa Rica, U.S. will be a galaxy free zone. Yeah, there no no galaxy players. That's that's right. They're not on. Former, former Galaxy player is the coach of the U.S. national team. That's something. Okay. So, um, who who am I who am I who am I missing? Who is it? Why am I not? Why am I blanking? 
tell tell me who the coach of the of the Costa Rican national team is. I don't know that. Oh, okay. I should know that, but I don't. Okay, all right. I'm just I'm, well, then. What are you saying? Is it me that's crazy? I, I'm I'm covering the U.S. team. If the Costa Ricans win, I got a lot of research to do real quick. Okay, all right, that's fine. Just checking. People's um, not on the team. I know that. Yeah, I know, I was gonna say he's not. He's not. And so that's not happening. Um, uh, let, let's see. Uh, the LA Galaxy uh, Academy, the U17 and U15 teams will feature in the Generation Adidas Cup. This is the large uh, Generation Adidas Cup that happens, I would say, every year, except that I think it actually stopped whenever the pandemic was going on. Um, but it is in Frisco, Texas. It's outside of uh, FC Dallas's uh, headquarters there because they have all the fields and it's a giant soccer uh, metroplex. And so they play a ton of games. Um, and do a ton of things. So the LA Galaxy Academy teams, U-17s and U-15s, will feature in this total of 80 professional academies from 10 countries across four continents. Um, it's April 9th to 17th. We should send Hammer out there. He's just down the road from this, actually. So um, I think maybe he's going to be our U-17, U-15 LA Galaxy Academy correspondent. Uh, a lot of times these games are featured on like YouTube, and there's some different things. So we'll keep you up to date as as that sort of comes around. But with this, uh, with the Academy, sort of going in there it's another look to sort of see the rising stars of the LA Galaxy and how they compete how they do in the tournament and sort of where everything uh, is headed for uh, for that academy team and that's going to be a big question mark right because there has been some turnover the former academy academy director is gone um, you know Dennis DeCloso who had his hands a lot in the, in, in the resurrection of uh, of the LA Galaxy Academy is gone you have Mike Munoz in there now we talked to the LA Galaxy 2 head coach not too uh, long ago about them they finally got their first win of the season um I think earlier was one nothing. I believe is the was the final score, and I, I can't remember off the top of my head who they actually played. Um, I could look it up because I actually have the game recap notes uh, on my phone as we speak. But um, so there's some things to sort of pay attention to, and this generation Adidas Cup will sort of give you a little hint into the future of uh, of this LA Galaxy Academy system and sort of where uh, where it's going. So something to watch, something fun to to sort of watch. There's the the Alex Acala um, is is still sort of one of the guys to watch. That's the Manchester City quote-unquote signee uh, that is playing with the LA Galaxy Academies right now. Um, and Alex, basically, the deal is that if he's if he's in a position to where he continues to build on the foundation that he has when he turns 18, Kevin, uh, Manchester City has the option of buying him. Um, and I've heard that it is, that it is a, a good deal for the LA Galaxy if that ends up happening. So that's something to sort of watch as well. So... Anyway. It's always a good deal to send your players to Manchester City. By the way, uh -huh. um, the name is Luis Fernando Suarez. That is the coach of Costa Rica. They have three MLS players, but the big player, of course, PSG goalkeeper Kaylor Navas. That's the big guy. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard. I heard that he's housing like twenty or thirty Ukrainians in his house. That they like they they turn the theater room and they put bunk beds in there, and he has. Um, some Ukrainian refugees staying at his house, and his, I think his wife arranges food for them, and they make sure they're taken care of. I mean, it's really hard to root against the guy who's who's doing any of that no, stuff. You know, I, I met him once. He, he struck me as being a really good guy. Um, he's also uh, he's also been inspired by Julian Araujo, and now has the tinted hairdo, um, which is interesting as well. Only for you, only for you. Is that is that something uh, new and no and noteworthy? Uh, let's see. I wanted to get to a couple more things. Not a super long show. There's not a bunch to sort of get to. Uh, the LA Galaxy obviously have a Sunday game coming up. We're going to get you ready for that on Thursday. So um, the the interesting thing 
uh, that I'll point out is that uh, the Portland Timbers were not off this weekend. Um, and they were actually playing against Orlando City, Orlando City, who just beat the LA Galaxy, then went up to Portland and played Portland and got a 1-1 draw. Um, I don't think anybody should be worried about the Portland Timbers in terms of, you know, just... Uh, I, I don't think they're they're overly dominant. They even got a red card in that game um, and somehow still came back and scored a goal. But for the most part, Orlando did the same thing they did to the LA Galaxy, which is, um, you know, bunker in sort of uh, counter. The big difference, of course, in, uh, in the in the Portland game, Kevin, was that Pato actually played there. There was I had the same number of minutes um, on, on with uh, as Pato uh, whenever Orlando came and played against the LA Galaxy. And then Pato did you, got, get, to, did you get to meet him. Uh, no, no, we can't actually meet uh, space time continuum thing. It would it would flip around and, and do a whole bunch of things. Um, well, no, I mean, if you guys were together, it would be like a parallel universe. Like there'd be a time warp or something. Yeah, it wouldn't. Right? It wouldn't be. It would be something bad would happen. I'm sure that uh, that absolutely should uh, should. Uh, you know, we can't we can't like I said, we can't be in the same room at the same time. It's not allowed. Um, but anyway, so Pato had the assist against Portland. Um, yeah, there was nothing in that Portland game that that gave me pause or 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 worry that the LA Galaxy uh, can't compete against that Portland team. Uh, the kickoff, uh, by the way, it's a 1:30 p.m. TV time, Fox Sports One, Fox Deportes. Uh, kickoff time is 1:55, so you're gonna have a 25 minute lead in uh, for kickoff. So now I've already warned you on Monday, the kickoff is 1:55. So when on Sunday. Uh, at around 1.30, stop asking me whenever uh, kickoff is, but you will anyway, and I will remind you. Um, so that's something to sort of uh, keep keep uh, an eye on uh, for that. The LA Galaxy training in the rain today as well, Kevin. Uh, it was It's not often in Southern California that you could say that the LA Galaxy get to train in the rain, but they were out there. The Galaxy uh, put out a little video of it, so I should say uh, this video that we're showing on the uh, live show right now is courtesy of the LA Galaxy. So some guys out there slipping and sliding, maybe... Maybe that's good news and good work for uh, for the Portland game that's coming up. Uh, maybe that maybe that helps them because maybe it could be raining on Sunday. I haven't looked at the weather yet. So what um, rain in Portland? Really? Yeah. See, huh. I mean this 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 training session right here. Uh, by the way, which uh, Cabral uh, absolutely uh, uh, scored a goal in this particular one. Um, you know, if if you're looking at this and saying, "Oh, okay," you know, the whole deal. Um, this could be the reason why the LA Galaxy could get a uh, a win up in Portland is playing in the rain uh, today. Um, and it is Field of Berm said, and I noticed this as well, uh, that there was no uh, Douglas Costa um, in this video, and so uh, uh -oh. I would imagine that you don't want the guy who has a possible hamstring injury to go out and play in the slippery rain, right? So even if yeah. he was available, it's not time to work him up yet. And the, the human homo figurine. He's yes. Very delicate. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be very, very, uh, very careful with him. So, um, so that that's coming up as well. The, the standings changed a little bit in the Western conference just because of where Portland, uh, won a game and sporting Kansas city played this weekend as well. Um, and so as you see the LA galaxy sitting in seventh with six points tied with sporting Kansas city and Portland, um, for the seventh spot. So really seven, eight, nine, all at six points right now. Uh, the, the tops there is LAFC at 10, RSL at 10, uh, Minnesota at eight, Austin at seven, Dallas at seven, Colorado at seven, the LA galaxy at six. Uh, we go all the way down to Houston. Who's in the 10th spot to five Seattle. Uh, again, we we've been joking a little bit about this, but if you look at Seattle, Nashville, um, and Portland, there's three and, and sporting Kansas city. There's four teams right there that you expect will be above the playoff line that are not currently above the playoff line. Um, yeah, so Nashville and Seattle certainly. And, and, you know, LAFC also leads the supporter shield race. 
this four-game start equals the best four-game start in LAFC franchise history. The last time they did this, 2019, when they broke the points record and won Supporter Shield. Yeah, four I, games though. Four I, games, and in two games, I'm sure some people are already looking past this weekend, uh, April 9th, the first El Clasico. El Trafico. Uh, El Trafico mm-hmm. at. Dignity Health Sports Park. Yep, it'll be a big one, and everybody will be getting uh, all riled up for that one. So we'll uh, we'll pay attention to that one whenever it's come time. Uh, I would say the two starts in 2019 and this one are, are not equal, just in terms of uh, teams that LAFC has played so far. So we'll see. I think that there's certainly, again, there's going to be four teams right now that are below this line that are going to be above this line. So you have to figure out who the pretenders are above this line. Uh, I think Austin is a pretender, and I know people have been very high on them so far, but I think Austin is a pretender. I think Dallas could be a pretender, although they've been playing well. Colorado could also be a pretender. Um, I not I, I I refuse to believe that they lose the people that they lose. Uh, do very little to sort of replace uh, guys and still end up being one of the top best teams in the Western Conference. Um, that's hard. But I mean, you know, you could also say the LA Galaxy. I guess they're right on the line, so I don't know if you could call them a pretender. But I imagine the Galaxy are in that five, six, seven spot right now in the Western Conference. Whenever you sort of put everything um, up together, you know, I have so. a friend who's an Austin season ticket holder, and I've been calling him a lot and saying, "Man, you guys are playing great. Your team really looks good. Look at all those goals they're scoring." And he tells me, "No." They are terrible. They do not look good. They do not play well. Yes, they're getting results. Somehow they're getting results. But he is very – and he he spends his money to go to the games. And yep. he does not think that he, – he agrees with you. Yeah. Um, he said, yeah, I agree with Josh. Tell tell Josh that they're pretenders. Yeah, I would say, by the way, the chat room asking for an update on uh, Farai Mutatu. Uh, again, I will update whenever I think it is a good idea to do so. Um, we are not at that point. Everything is moving in a direction. It's a good direction. Be patient, and uh, you'll you'll find out where Farai uh, is going to be. I, I expect that when all of this is said and done, uh, that Farai Mutatu will be added to that first team roster and possibly loaned down to LA Galaxy too. There is there is stuff being worked on. All right, so everybody, chill, relax, enjoy. He's in good hands. The LA Galaxy, I believe, we're doing a really good job right now. I have, I will have more details whenever that comes out. So uh, and then whenever it happens, we'll have him back on the show because uh, why not? Uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, so so there's that and that. Um, the other thing that is coming up and that is not easy, uh, the LA Galaxy schedule coming up in April. Uh, this first game, obviously, on April 3rd on Sunday against Portland. Again, that game at 1.30 p.m. kickoff, 1.55 p.m. Then the LA Galaxy home to LAFC, as Kevin just mentioned, on April 9th, El Trafico. Uh, that is on Fox, Big Fox and Fox Deportes. Uh, then the LA Galaxy travel away to Chicago on April. Much improved fire, much improved. Yeah, much improved. April 16th. This is a huge game. Do you know why the Chicago game is such a huge game, Kevin? Because it's in Chicago? No, it's because it's the first local broadcast game. And we will. that means the LA Galaxy will have to tell us where we can find that game. And we still don't have any TV information. And the LA Galaxy now are just basically two 16 days uh, away from... Uh, having to uh, having to have their first local broadcast game. That is a local broadcast game. There's currently, I don't know who it is. They have not told me. I have some inklings on who it will be, but they have not told us where the LA Galaxy's local television games will be played and who will have same, them. Right same now. thing with the Nashville game, right? Nashville is also local. Um, so you will have uh, both of those games will be on a channel, will be somewhere. Maybe you have to stream it, however you look at it. Um, but that's something that we're keeping an eye on as we creep closer to that. And yes, I will talk to the LA Galaxy tomorrow about it to find out if we can, you know, figure something out by Thursday. So that way everybody understands where they need to be, what they need to do. I mean, Kevin, if the Galaxy are going to go with like a streaming service, let's say that for this one season, 
uh, right now. And by the, there's been hints uh, that perhaps MLS is not going to package everything. Um, it seems like perhaps that TV deal that they thought they were going to get a bazillion dollars for, nobody's willing to play a bazillion dollars for. I think yeah, we, I think they were supposed to announce it at the end of this month. We still got a few days to go. I'm hearing it's going to be uh, way underwhelming. It's going to be basically EPL pocket change. Um, it's not going to be the deal. That, and, and I think that's why the announcement's been delayed. You know, maybe six o'clock on a Friday, they'll announce it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very underwhelming. Um, you know, Spectrum could do those games because they don't have any Laker playoff games to worry about. <laughs> yes. And also there is a good chance. I think that they get it anyway. And we've talked about that for a long time. Um, and I think if you're doing it for one year, that makes sense. Now, if MLS does not bundle the deals and do all the things that they said they were going to do and local teams have to go back out and bid to local things that opens up a whole nother can of worms that has to be done quickly and, uh, sort of figured out in, in a bunch of different ways, but We'll see where that goes. We'll be on top of it as we go. But we go back to this schedule. Um, you know, you talked about Chicago on April 16th. We talked about April 23rd, the LA Galaxy hosting Nashville and big Dave Romney coming back uh, to play uh, for uh, against the LA Galaxy. He'll score seven or 12 goals. Um, and then you have the LA Galaxy on April 30th uh, heading to Salt Lake. So that's a 12 30 Five games game. all against playoff contenders. Yeah. And uh, even either, although, you know, right now you look at it, Nashville's at the bottom of the standing. So maybe, maybe it's a good time to play Nashville. Um, I, by the way, I think they're only two points under the LA Galaxy. I mean, it's not. Yeah, exactly but I wonder if Dax McCarty will be back by then. Didn't he have a, like a 73 game suspension? It, it was only like two. And I think people made a lot more out of that. I think they made a meal out of that more than it really was. But hey, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with it. He gets a red card. That's fine. Um, May uh, schedule doesn't get any easier, really. Uh, it is a slightly uh, it's a, a, a it's a month that is tilted more towards home. Um, and that is something that you can see there are three home games and two away games in May. Um, so that's something to sort of watch. It's Austin and Dallas and Minnesota and Houston and Austin again. So you get Austin the both both times that you will play them, Kevin, will be in the same month at the beginning of the month and the end of the month. Uh, yeah, then, then four you'll be done out of their five games against teams from Texas. Yeah, that is. Wow. That's a lot of Texas teams. I mean, there's three of them. So, you know, you can you can really make a meal of it. Um, but the Galaxy only having to travel to Austin and Minnesota in May. Uh, the rest of those Maybe games are Maybe the Galaxy are the team that bring, brings Austin back to Earth. <laughs> yep. It, it, twice it, in that month. Could be. Uh, by the way, uh, a big shout out to uh, to John in our chat room for a $20 super chat. He says he's a Herb wannabe. Um, Herb, uh, we miss you, uh, FYI. And thanks, John. We appreciate that, uh, certainly. I think, John, you're in Colorado now, aren't you? It was hot on, on Saturday and it was cold on Sunday. And I don't appreciate either of those, quite honestly. Um, so yeah, so that's where we're sitting. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's sort of where the LA galaxy are. Again, the, uh, the, the club has a game coming up against Portland on Sunday. Uh, we're going to preview that on Thursday, um, and get you ready for that game. So, uh, that's something to sort of watch and watch out for. Otherwise, uh, galaxy training, they are off on Tuesday, I believe. So they train today they will be off on Tuesday and then they'll come back and they'll train Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday is a media call, a remote media call on Thursday. Um, and then Friday, and I believe they travel up to Portland on Saturday um, is, is is the schedule right now. So that's what we got. I like the fact you have the Chicharito jersey behind you when we talked about Chicharito on this program. I don't have it. That's not a Chicharito jersey. It just says 14 it's on 14. it. It says COG 14 for our 14th season. It has nothing to do with Chicharito. 
It's not he like wears a, 14. Yeah, he wears 14. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's just the that's just how many seasons. Right. This is 14. I have one last year that says COG 13. Is that a Jermaine Jones or a Kobe Jones jersey? I just said Jermaine Jones. People are going to lose it. Uh, is that a Kobe Jones jersey because it has 13 on? No, it says COG 13 on it. So, well, I, I by the way, last week, as you know, because you you saw my my tweet, my dog Chicharita, no relation, has celebrated her first rebirthday. No, so no. after. No real One year ago, on March 18th, we were going to put her down because she had cancer for the fourth time. Yep, and she's and, still around. Uh, she woke up that morning and was uh, fine, fit as a fiddle, and she's still around a year later. Four cancers, and she's still here. See, I mean, hey, maybe that's kind of like Chicharito. I was know, he's being reborn with the galaxy. I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say there's similarities there, but there are similarities to it. Let's get to uh, an email I got last week. Um, and I actually remembered to get to it, so I get a, a couple points there. Um, this is from Bob, and uh, Bob writes and says, I'm a longtime listener to your podcast, six or seven years. I live in Palm Springs, and I happen to watch uh, today uh, Andrew Weeby interviewing the head of MLS Pro Next. About two-thirds into the program, they started talking about the growth of soccer in the run-up to the 2026 World Cup. As you know, AEG has purchased the Empire Polo Club and two other adjacent polo clubs. We also suspect that the attendance at pro soccer in the U.S. will probably overtake NHL and most likely MLB as well. Um, do you think AEG would move the LA Galaxy's next pro soccer club to a new stadium built for them? There is already construction underway to be completed this fall for a hockey arena for the minor league hockey club affiliated with uh, NHL's Seattle franchise. Uh, that facility is generating a lot of excitement here in the Valley. He says, with the uh, Latino population and the tourism of the Valley to put a minor league soccer club here in the Valley, I would like to hear your thoughts. What I mean, listen, no, I don't think they're going to do that because they like all the synergies and, and all of the um, the ease of having all the teams being able to, to train next to each other and practice next to each other and, and do all that. It's not a horrible idea, though, to extend into that Valley. No, it, it, it depends on what you want. I mean, there could be some separation. It gives that minor league team its own identity. That's always a good thing. But for the ease of, you know, you're having a workout and, and you decide, hey, you know what, we might call this guy up. We, you know, we might need him this weekend. Go over to the backfield and get him, bring him over here. Um, there's nothing like being able to do that or, or go talk to a guy or see him working out after your training's over. There's a lot of ease uh, uh, in, in that kind of a setup. But I mean, he's right. The idea of de allowing a team to develop its own identity and its own fan base and not be, you know, the, the kid's sister to the big team, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, and by the way, Antonio in chat room says this is Palm Springs, it's Palm Springs, Coachella Valley. It's the Indio right right in that area. It's the Coachella Valley and, and the extension of that. Now, um, it is, uh, you know, we know AEG is expanding in that area. As he says, he points out the polo clubs and things that they're buying. And certainly Coachella and we know stagecoats are held out there. Um, and I told you a little bit about what I think the their plan is, or at least their pie in the sky sort of ideas of what they want to do with that preseason tournament. You know, the Coachella Valley Invitational, however they want to do it. They are they they expect, and I think in the the coming years we'll see how true this is. They expect that most MLS teams will use that um, that 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 tournament. So you could have twenty eight, you know, thirty teams in the valley they have the hotels they have the availabilities they have the fields you know i was talking and people were talking about building two stadium like temporary stadium fields on the polo grounds so that way you could always have games just going one after another after another through the whole week i mean kevin i i i and we talked about the music stuff and and all the tie-ins with food and everything else that they could do because it's much like coachella they understand how to do it um <laughs> there, there's going to be something there. And I think that that's what people are going to excite about. I don't expect that uh, the LA Galaxy will move any properties out there, but this 
Invitational tournament should be quite a huge mecca draw for MLS fans. And, and this is new for AEG. I, I do not. My recollection is they have not used the synergy of their properties. Uh, they have not done much with that. I mean, yes, they have the Kings. They have Staples Center, the Light Lakers. They, you know, there and then and then the Galaxy. But they've all seen to, you know, except for like Galaxy Night at the Kings game and Kings Night at the Galaxy. There hasn't been a lot of synergy. There hasn't been a lot of you know, interconnectedness. And perhaps this thing out in the desert is the first step toward that. Yeah, absolutely could be. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that sort of goes. But I, I think it's at least an interesting, I do like the fact that Seattle and the, the Kraken are going to have something sort of in Coachella Valley. It's a it's a fun little place to to um, to exploit the, the secludedness of it. It's very much its own place, right? And so if you put, you know, a team, a minor league team like that, they can very easily be adopted and when you do that then all of a sudden there's seattle kraken fans who are you know in in indio uh rooting for seattle because some of those guys go up and play eventually and who helped start who helped found the seattle kraken i don't i don't know who was it tim lywicki oh of course it was what why wouldn't it be tim lywicki but you know more more synergy would be great i mean imagine if jonathan bond got hurt and then like jonathan quick went in to goal you know the king's goalie came over and started for the galaxy Or, or maybe jonathan bond could start for the king's Yep. Yep. Uh, and so goalies. I mean, why, why, why not? Would that not Can you imagine him on skates? He's a tall dude, by the way. I, I don't know. I know people know that, but when you stand next to him, you realize what, you know, that he actually is. Um, a, yeah. See, a, I don't think Jonathan quick has the, has the mad hops needed to be a soccer goalie. Yeah. I maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe not. He'd stop a lot of those low shots, but anything curling into the corner, it's in. It's a much bigger goal. You know, do, yeah. do pads. Maybe maybe Jonathan Bond could wear pads whenever he plays in goal for the Galaxy. There you though. go, stick save, and it's a beauty. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, I think that about does it. We'll uh, we'll wrap up the show for today. I know Kevin said that uh, he has to get downstairs and get to the bar before it closes. Because no, know. I think that I think the bar's closed. But you got you blew it. <laughs> you still got three minutes. Don't just just yeah, run. Just leave run. now, and then then you can go. So all right, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, and cruise on out of here. If you're looking for Mister Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to. Uh, the LATimes.com for all of his coverage and you'll see him's coverage about the U.S. men's national team down in Costa Rica. That game coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Julian Araujo obviously a Wednesday game. Eric Zavaleto Wednesday game. So keep an eye on those games as it goes about. Alright, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find our podcast and anything else we can throw up there including our videos and all that fun stuff. Just a little precursor to a game coming up on Sunday. Uh, We'll have a live show on Thursday night to get you ready for that and back into the swing of things. Thanks for letting me take a Thursday off. Glad you'll be back here on a Monday night. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patrick Esman. You've been listening to, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at galaxypodcast.com. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.